You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The shadow brokers seem to have legitimate files, even if they do sound like the Incredible Hulk. Some observers of the breach see Russian intelligence services, some see disgruntled insiders, and others see both. North Korea comes under fresh scrutiny with respect to swift bank fraud. Cisco continues its pivot away from routers and switches and toward security. CrowdStrike talks about Boson Spider. And we have really nothing to say about Pokemon today. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, August 18th, 2016. The Shadow Brokers case continues to play out in the news cycle. A bit later in this show, we'll hear some thoughts on the matter from the University of Maryland's Ben Yellen. But to review the current bidding, no one appears willing to step up and pay the 1 million Bitcoin, roughly $576 million, for whatever it is the Shadow Brokers are offering. This isn't surprising on at least four counts. First, the auction site has a dodgy look with some very flaky payment terms and conditions. Second, the auction site has been rickrolled. Third, more than half a billion dollars is a lot of money, even for wealthy elite, the announced marketing demographic. And fourth, and most importantly, it seems unlikely that money is the real goal here. What the shadow brokers have released so far as a teaser is, most observers think, likely to be genuine NSA files. Much of the material is related to ways of subverting firewalls and other security products, and at least two security vendors, Cisco and Fortinet, have confirmed that zero days referenced in the files are indeed genuine. Both companies have begun issuing patches. Analysts writing in Wired see this episode as showing the unwisdom of hoarding as opposed to disclosing zero days, even in the small numbers NSA is believed to stockpile them. A study by Columbia University, whose results were released earlier this month, credibly suggested that the scale on which NSA collected undisclosed zero days was far smaller than many had long suspected. Edward Snowden, commenting online from his Moscow place of retirement and actually sounding a bit sympathetic to NSA, thinks it unsurprising that the agency was successfully attacked. After all, it's a very attractive target to the opposition, but surprising that the success was so loudly advertised. Most observers have, however, concluded that the shadow broker's operation can be credited to Russian intelligence services. Most observers, but not all. 
The alternative theory is that the files were either physically exfiltrated on a storage device by some disgruntled insider, Snowden Jr., as one observer called the conjectured insider, or that they were incompletely staged on a server by some agency operator who committed a serious mistake and that the wrong person noticed. None of these explanations is mutually exclusive, and what the physical theft and error in staging theories have going for them is the presence of things in the files that aren't normally remotely accessible. Suspicion of North Korean involvement in recent SWIFT bank fraud reemerges. The DPRK is chronically short of hard currency. Investigators are revisiting the theory that the theft from the Bangladesh bank represents part of a state-sponsored criminal campaign to shore up Pyongyang's hard currency reserves. In industry news, Cisco continues its pivot away from switches and routers and toward increased reliance on cybersecurity, cloud, and Internet of Things offerings. This shift in strategy has a downside for Cisco's highly qualified workforce. The company has announced that it will cut 5,500 jobs, or some 7% of its workforce. Company executives have also said they intend to look for more acquisitions in their strategically favored lines of business. We spoke recently with CrowdStrike's Adam Myers about recent trends and their investigation of the Boson Spider cyber gang. Here's what he had to say. Looking at Boson Spider, we at first kind of observed it back in August of last year. And uh, they used Angler uh, as well to deliver uh, their payload. They used uh, Bulletproof Hosting Services, which are another component of the e-crime ecosystem. Once you have you know, your, your malware, one, you want to spread it, and that's what Angler came in. And then the other thing you need to do is you need to be able to control it. You need some sort of command and control. The way that you can kind of keep your command and control up and running, one of the components that they'll use is known as a bulletproof host, which is uh, just a hosting service that might be law enforcement resistant or they'll they'll tip off the attacker when you know a subpoena or a search warrant or hold order comes down. Now, once they had their infrastructure stood up and they, they actually had it deployed out to a number of hosts, um, they offered a, a, an affiliate model for monetization. And so effectively what that means is that anybody that wants to leverage their botnet to steal credentials or, or, or steal information uh, can pay a, a subscription cost effectively to get access to that botnet and then use it uh, you know, within their own uh, uh, malware-as-a-service type of um, subscription. And so if you look at who their victims were, they were generally financials. Uh, and in one uh, affiliate network, they were targeting U.S. banks and some Canadian banks. Uh, other uh, other affiliates targeted Japan, Singapore, Hong Kong. So that gets not only an understanding of how they're using this and uh, against whom, but also potentially who is is their customer set and what they're interested in. So if we see Boson Spider shut down, which which we actually did pretty recently, then. You know, if we start seeing all of a sudden a new Drydex, which is another malware as a service botnet, uh, if we see one of their, uh, a new customer come online there and they start targeting Japan or Hong Kong, then we might have a better understanding of that. Whoever that threat actor is that was using the Boson Spider infrastructure has now moved over to Drydex. One of the interesting things about this particular botnet was that it used domain name generating algorithms. When you want to control a botnet, you use a command and control domain or IP address, and good guys want to block that. So if we know that Boson Spider had a domain of badguy.com, uh, we would you know, identify that, we would block it, and then they would be unable to control their botnet. 
And so what they do is they, they write an algorithm that kind of takes a bunch of different uh, random pieces of data and uses that to generate domains on the fly. So the domain that they're talking to at 9.47 a.m. on August 9th won't be the same domain that they're talking to perhaps at 11.47 a.m. on August 9th. And if you understand that algorithm and you can reverse engineer it, then you can actually use that to predictively block those domains. So through our uh, intelligence analyses, um, customers are able to take that and then use those domains to block uh, this actor on their infrastructure and stop them from being able to take advantage of any of their accounts or their credentials. That's Adam Myers from CrowdStrike. Studies by Dell and Okta highlight the difficulties of upgrading legacy systems and the security penalties involved in failing to do so. Logrhythm's CTO Chris Peterson commented to the CyberWire that many legacy systems were never designed to withstand cyber attacks. Operations that depend on such systems need, he said, quote, a security strategy based on rapid detection and response, end quote. This is, Peterson added, especially important for the IoT. Quote, as the rise of IoT further compounds risk, companies must assume that both old and new systems can be compromised. They need to automate the security monitoring of their infrastructure to ensure the fastest detection, response, and neutralization possible. End quote. We also heard from Red Seal CEO Ray Rothrock, who suggested the Dell study in particular should serve as a reminder of the importance of prioritizing defenses. Quote, Every organization has legacy systems, some more than others. The trick is to think about your network, understand the risk associated with any given piece of software or operating system, fix those that pose a high risk, monitor those that do not. End quote. Finally, we are pleased to report that we see no new developments on the POCA front. We do, however, have an alternative theory as to the source of the Shadow Brokers' prose style. On yesterday's show, we noted that our linguistics staff conjectured that the style came from uncritical use of Google Translate, but ultimately rejected this hypothesis after a few admittedly rough-and-ready trials. But alert listener Jess Barron contacted us to suggest an alternative theory. The shadow brokers sound an awful lot like the Incredible Hulk. She offered links to some Hulk tweets as evidence. Perhaps there's a Hulk-speak generator out there available for general use. In which case, Miss Barron, thanks for the insight, and... Hulk smash Google Translate. <clears throat> the Shadow Brokers are more Hulk than the Hulk. Oh, and General Thunderbolt Ross was unavailable for comment. Dr. Banner is believed to still be on sabbatical. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. 
Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me is Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Ben, we've been following this story about the group calling themselves the shadow brokers, who've leaked data they claim comes from the NSA. What's your take on this? Yeah, this is potentially a very serious breach. Uh, the release on this shadow broker site appears to be computer code that the NSA uses to break into the networks of foreign governments, so it's malware uh, devices. Uh, and these are some of the NSA's most closely held tools now being potentially in the hands of both an unreliable group and now available to the general public and possibly to hostile actors, both state actors and otherwise. We don't yet know who is behind the hacking. What I find interesting is that Edward Snowden, who, as we know, leaked documents from the NSA three years ago, is claiming that the Russian government has hacked into this NSA technology as sort of a threat against the United States because the United States has been posturing about punishing Russia for the the rumored leaks into the Democratic National Committee system. So this is a very significant breach. I think the NSA is scrambling to figure out how this happens, and I think uh, it's going to have pretty wide-ranging consequences. And, And so let's dig into that. What do you think some of the consequences could be? Well, I think one of them is that it undermines the federal government's claim. When we had earlier, Dave and I talked about the Apple case, and uh, Apple had made the argument that once it develops software to break encryption, that sort of software is going to be available to hostile users. And the NSA and the FBI had said that was not going to be the case. Now we have the situation where the most sensitively held tools for the National Security Agency, this malware that uh, we use to get information from hostile governments, now has been released to the public and now will be available to hostile actors. So I I think it's uh, in some ways a slap in the face to uh, the FBI and the NSA. The one somewhat saving grace is that this is not the most recent technology. This leak appears to be Uh, of some of the malware malware tools that were being used in the middle of 2013 and onward for the next couple of years. So it is slightly outdated. And perhaps the silver lining here is that the hacker's access was cut off at some point before the most recent technology was developed. But I think it still will have very wide-ranging and potentially serious consequences. We'll keep an eye on it. Stay tuned. Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? 
With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.